0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, January 24, 2019, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, my name is Bob. What's up? Hello, Bob. Hi, coming up on today's show, the great T-Rex, David Ferguson, is here today from Patreon.com slash Rex Report. We're going to dive into the big question of the day. At what point does the shutdown become an impeachment-worthy abuse of power? we got to dig into that because it's an important, important question. When is he going to be held accountable for keeping the government open for this eyesore in the desert that's never going to happen? Plus, Michael Cohen has been subpoenaed by the Senate Intelligence Committee, Trump caved to Nancy Pelosi on the State of the Union, and apparently Deutsche Bank is cooperating with Mueller on Jared Kushner's suspicious activity, my favorite story of the day. And, uh, of course, the best way to support The Bob Seska Show is to subscribe to our bonus content on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash join slash Bob Seska Show, or just click the all-caps Patreon link under the logo at bobseska.com. Right? You can sign up for a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, or fifteen dollars a month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours and hours of weekly bonus content, including our post mortem show, recorded after the credits roll on our Tuesday and Thursday shows, along with our Friday after party and the ninety minute ultimate edition of this show without commercials. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show with people like Malcolm Nance, Tony Otamanick, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangela Ladua. Go to patreon.com slash join slash Bob Suska show and do your part to support this completely independent podcast. And now let the cartoons begin.
0: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski. That's terrific. But I am very busy, as I imagine you are. What can I do for you, sir? Uh, well, sir, it's, uh... This rug I have it really tied the room together. Uh, you told Brandt on the phone. He told me. Where do I fit in? Well, uh, they were they were looking for you, these two guys. Uh, you know. I'll they... say it again. You told Brandt on the phone. He told me. I know what happened. Yes, yes. Oh, so you know that they were trying to piss on your rug. Did I urinate on your rug? You mean, did you personally come and pee on my rug? Hello. Do you speak English, sir? Parla usted English? i I'll ask you again, did I urinate on your rug? No, like I said, woo repeat on my rug. I just want to understand this, sir. Every time a rug is micturated upon in this fair city, <laughs> I have to compensate the person. Come on, man, I'm not trying to scam anybody here. Uh... Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Well, wait, wait. Let, me, let me explain something to you. Um... I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, That or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, el duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing.
1: Bob Seska! Hello, Seska. You're looking radiantly maternal. The
0: Bob Seska
1: Show! It is the uh, Trump crisis, day 735, 649 days until the 2020 presidential election, day 34. It's despicable. An all-new record. Every day that goes by, it's a new record. Day 34 of the Trump shutdown. Yeah, Jeff Bridges announced a new Lebowski project featuring The Dude. It's coming next month. He uh, just tweeted about it, tweeted out a video. Nice to see. You know, it's like he didn't skip a beat. Looks exactly like he did in the movie, still to this day. So, uh, I have no idea what it is. I have no idea where it's going to be shown. T Rex, uh, I would ask T Rex, do you have any information on this? But first, Uh Ah! you You know anything about this uh,
2: Lebowski project? I do not. This is the first I've heard of it.
1: Okay. Cause J- it's J-
2: funny because I just posted a Lebowski uh, gif in a comment thread last night. at someone that, <laughs> well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Every gif is a Lebowski gif. I, I think uh, like the entire movie, you could string together the entire film just by using gifs. <laughs>
2: It I, is- just, I remember when the the big thing that the like the right wing talking point against the liberal or progressive like mm-hmm. blogs and everybody was they were calling us you know, nihilists. Oh yeah, so right, we believe right. In Jesus or whatever. We <laughs> exactly. like, a nihilist, We don't believe in anything. Right, right. Well, not believing <laughs> you come in for your Johnson. In, not believing
1: in Jesus, right? That's atheist and that's nihilist is someone who just doesn't care to watch the world burn. It's almost like, you know what, Gen X is loaded with nihilists. <laughs> This is like that, that great SNL sketch from the other night where uh, Kenan Thompson was saying, I'm Gen X. I just sit on the sidelines and watch the world burn. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly what Gen X is doing. That's what we're all doing because uh, we're too good for you know, it.
2: There's some company that makes <laughs> stickers and T-shirts and things called Life is Good. Uh But they made like, you know, people have those marathon and half marathon stickers that say 13.1, 26.2 that put them on the back of their cars and they made one that says (laughs) 0.0. And (laughs) and it says life is good and little legs under that. But it looks like to me it's a 0.0. I'm good.
0: Yeah, is
1: it 0.0? <laughs> like, I'm 0? good
2: here. Yeah, you That's know, the Gen X thing. That is us, man. Like, oh, no, I'm fine here. You yeah. go ahead.
1: Yeah, like, you know what? Um, I think Anthony, Bourdain, <laughs> Anthony Bourdain's production company was called, I think, 0.0, 0 Productions. Okay, here's the question of the day. For you, uh, T-Rex. the
2: sixty-four thousand dollar question.
1: Yeah, this may be the thing we just continuously come back to. The question of the day is: At what point does the shutdown become an impeachment-worthy abuse of power? Now, I keep seeing these things going on. Whether I think it's it was the, like a month ago, it's. I mean, let, 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 let's look at the whole scope of things. I mean, obviously, there's the shutdown, but he's also been talking about how he's got, uh, or at least implying that he's got dirt on all of these people, including Michael Cohen, where he's implying that there's something going on with Michael Cohen's father in law et cetera, et cetera. We're talking about, we hear from Hannity saying that uh, Donald Trump has quote unquote five buckets of dirt on various officials. Uh, obviously there's something going on with Lindsey Graham that we're not sure about, uh, that he's being coerced in some way, uh, probably by Donald Trump. So, and then, you know, obviously the shutdown is the big you know, portion of this question, you know, in terms of, uh, at, at what point are we really going to start talking? Not just in terms of witness tampering, but in terms of abuse of power, where Donald Trump is or using the president. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. He's using the office the of the president shit
2: down. That's what I've been calling it. in my like I write about it. like do the like, free riding every morning. I like, do a little exercise, right. like I write in my journal and I've been calling it the shit down. It's a shit down. You know? Right. <clears throat> and, I feel like, you know, Putin like has the United States and the United Kingdom right where he wants us completely uh-huh. at loggerheads and oh, an yeah. impasse where our governments are not functioning. Brexit is like a stone in the gullet of the UK. Like mm-hmm. they can't pass it. They can't implement it, but they can't do away with it. And they're just yeah. at a complete chaotic standstill. Right. As are we at this juncture. Yeah.
1: The Brexit thing and the shutdown, they're sort of like... Uh, shit down. Par- shit down. They're parallel <laughs> versions of it. each other. <laughs> that's perfect. By the way, that's going to be the name of the show. Thank you very much. See, it's so oh, rare. You, know, you You know it's going to be a good show when right out of the gate, we've got the name of the show lined up already. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, so I mean, with, with the shit down, this is obviously Donald Trump just out taking a walk. It's not about... Uh, the wall, because the wall is absolute fiction. I mean, we really have to examine. I wrote a whole piece on The Daily Banter about this uh, yesterday. It's published this morning. I've been talking about this for a long time now, which is that an agent of the Kremlin has shut down the government of the United States. That right there is the equation that we need to continuously bear in mind, that this guy may have, and it was in fact Rachel Maddow last night who hit the nail on the head to say, is this deliberate? Is this right. shutdown a deliberate maneuver in the name of appeasing you know his paymaster in moscow that 's the big question, and so, at what point does the shutdown become an impeachable offense because i don 't see this thing ending anytime soon. I see this thing going on well into the spring, and you know there is a positive sign in that Donald Trump caved to Nancy Pelosi on the State of the Union but but that doesn't mean that he's going to cave on the shutdown because he needs this. He needs this wall. He needs his base. He needs to appease Vladimir Putin. There's no reason whatsoever for Trump to back off, don't you think?
2: Well, <clears throat> I think you underestimate his need for attention. Yeah. And I, the state of the union is like a narcissist's dream. Mm-hmm. He is literally <laughs> like looking down physically on every single elected official of a high office of a national, you know, the whole Congress, the whole house. I mean the whole Senate, the entire Supreme Court. Yep. It's like he is, gets to hold court in front of all the cameras and everything. And you remember he got like big kudos last year when he did the State of the Union. There, there were people who were saying that he'd finally be girded into the office, which, boy, were they wrong. <laughs> but I think that Pelosi was just – it was a genius move yeah. uh, to be like you can't have your big shiny toy until people are back to work. Bill Crystal tweeted today, and I hate to say that I hope Bill Crystal's right about something. I, you know, as soon as <laughs> I retweeted it, amazing like I how got things a sharp changed, stabbing pain in my eye. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, I just, but he said, you know, uh, everything's going to, like, the votes are going to fail on Friday. But yeah. Friday night, McConnell's going to get on the phone with him and be like, we have to end this. We're going to call it a victory. Open the government on Monday, and you can have your speech on Tuesday. Interesting. Well, I I don't know. I mean, it seems as if the only way
1: this is going to end is if Mitch McConnell is the one who relents. I mean, ultimately, I don't think Pelosi's going to relent. I don't think Trump's going to relent. I don't think Pelosi shouldn't relent. Pelosi shouldn't cave on this. There's no reason for her to do that. The the ball is in uh, the turtle's hands. The turtle has got... The croc, and and it's up to the it's up to the turtle whether or not he adequately humps the croc. Am I making this metaphor clear enough? It's going to be <laughs> Mitch McConnell who has to put the the bill out there for a vote and hopefully a vote for a veto-proof majority um, in order to override Donald Trump on all of this to just do an end around. And so it's got to be. Uh, Mitch McConnell, who blinks and of course blinks very, very slowly <laughs> with a b- piece of lettuce hanging out of his mouth. So I mean that's that's gonna be the key as to whether or not he, uh... oh yeah, there here he is. Here's Mitch McConnell Mitch McConnell weighing in <laughs>
2: yeah. I really do feel like everyone needs to read... Was it Charles Pierce who wrote that there's no more despicable political operator on the planet right now than Mitch McConnell?
1: Oh, right. yeah, yeah, it was. It's, yeah, a, it's Pierce an
2: important... It's a, it's a moment, and I think mm-hmm. it should be marked, you know, remarked upon that, I mean, really, when you just, when you think that, like, Mitch McConnell can't be any more callow and self-serving yeah. and political, he opens a trap door and goes a floor lower.
1: Well, here's the thing that uh, Mitch McConnell, I'm sure, is keeping an eye on, which are Donald Trump's poll numbers. The longer Donald Trump goes, and it, the the lower his poll numbers drop. I mean, right now with the latest AP poll has him down to 34%. I've never seen his approval number that low, which is a good sign. As far as I'm concerned, even though that 34% might kind of be an outlier. We don't know yet as you know, we need more polls to verify whether or not that's a real thing, but Mitch McConnell is going to keep an eye on that. And if Donald Trump keeps collapsing in his poll numbers, that that shows an erosion in his base. And as long as there is less and less of a Trump base, uh, Mitch McConnell's got no reason to go along with Donald Trump if his base is dwindling. You know what I mean. So uh, as yeah, long as that I just, I feel to
2: like our whole like white boy club me- media club is like <laughs> waiting for an excuse though yeah. to like for, to say that Trump has been a tough guy about something and you know and that like they will jack his approval back up again, right? I just, you know, I'm, I can't, I can't be cynical enough about it because I've watched. You know, we keep thinking like, you know, we've got him, yeah, and we- it's just <laughs> like it just, it's it's like uh, Hunter S. Thompson's description of Nixon as a disemboweled hyena that's still yeah. running around. It's because it's too stupid to know that it's actually
0: dead.
1: Yeah, but I mean, <sighs> he doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care as long as and, and you know what here's my prediction at some point if this is allowed to go on and on and on trump's going to make the case and in fact some of his uh, his administration officials have already made this case there was a daily caller op-ed written by an anonymous trump official who said who cares if we lose all of these federal employees better better news for the country if these no. employees all are, are laid off i think that's uh, shrinking the government and that's the terrifying scenario here at what point does donald trump go to his red hats at a rally and go Everything seems to be working fine without the government open. Who needs the government open? Do you need the government open? And of course they go, no, no and they all agree with donald trump and then donald trump feels empowered is like okay well the the folks here don't want government to reopen the folks here don't care if government's entirely crippled by all these eight hundred thousand federal employees not working so why not just lay them all but off planes and are
2: going to slam into each other at some point
1: well yeah and of course blame the democrats it's nancy pelosi's fault that's a, that's going to be the reaction to that too and so whether or not that actually holds water that's another question but of course what they're going to do if there is a colossal disaster along those lines, a terrorist attack, a hijacking, some sort of thing that uh, DHS, for example, could have prevented but was unable to because of the shutdown, that's all going to get blamed on Nancy Pelosi uh, and the Democrats and the radicalized Democrats, as Donald Trump is calling. Them. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't see that as a as necessarily a, a way out either. Uh, it, it's just going to be a matter of whether or not. Uh, Mitch McConnell is the guy to step up. And that's uh, don't hold your breath. I don't know how. I mean, he held out what for an entire year or almost a better part of a year with Merrick Garland. Right. Uh, Six or eight months, something like that.
2: I mean, really, I mean, nearly 800,000 people, nearly a million people in this country. It's a huge chunk of the. Well,
1: yeah, that's a giant chunk of people. 800,000
2: people out of work. And, uh, I just can't imagine the stress that parents yeah. who are federal workers are under right now, trying to feed their kids. Mm-hmm. I just, the, I mean, I've been under, you know, I've been old hand at this. I'm, I'm a musician. I graduated from college and joined a band. Yeah, and uh, I know what it's like to live on, you know, peanut butter surprise for a few <laughs> days in a row, and, uh, you know, you just make do, but like not for months, and not when you have kids to feed who are growing and who like, this is, I mean, you. You know, kids are a little like biological factories there. You, you yep. have to keep throwing in fuel because yep. like if you don't, they get sick and it hinders their development and their, you know, mental acuity can be compromised. And, well, I ugh. mean, you're, you're one of many
1: people I know, and this could be a little bit recession related. I think it's more Facebook related than anything else. I mean, you're one of many people I know who are professional political writers who just
2: cannot find Work in that field. And I don't know. And did you say they just laid a a whole bunch of people off? They laid off the entire opinion department at Huffington Post.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: 15% of the workforce at BuzzFeed. Yep, yep. Yeah, It's bad,
1: bad, bad news. And and you know what? The similar thing was happening over at Salon for the better part of uh, last year. and They've only just recently recovered. In fact, there's only like a handful of us who are freelancers who are still uh, being asked to contribute over there. I mean, what it is, I think this is ultimately a combination of the, the portend of a recession mixed with this colossal uh, just egregious behavior by Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, where they are legitimately throttling uh, major, major, and, and even small indie publications that uh, that publish politics. No,
2: I mean, anytime you and I, I, I don't know if you even, I mean, anytime I try to put up a podcast post from my podcast page on Facebook, you yeah. uh, which, please like, you guys. It's the T-Rex report. Yes. You know, like Facebook and lessons. share.
1: Share is even more important than because
2: like. Because they're constantly sending you little notes. I don't know if you guys on the outside realize it, but they're like, you know, for $5, you can promote this post. But yep. they completely throttle it on your timeline. Nobody sees it. Nobody clicks on it. And then it dies. Right, right. Um, and it's it's frustrating because... That's how everyone. I mean, it is like the collective unconscious, the spiritus mundi, mm-hmm. as a uh, Ye- Yeats called it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, when I mean, to you- college, we used to jokingly call Yeats Yeats. (laughs) like you know and it's sometimes it happens anyway now and I just Mm. feel like such a moron when I do that
1: well yeah I remember back in 2013 um, that's when things started to go completely haywire with Facebook and throttling political traffic in which you know you would just post something you know just a random article I remember I posted a thing about some photo of these NRA radicals gathering in a parking lot or something like that posted on Facebook thousands of shares on Facebook hundreds of thousands of views on the daily banter for that particular article. And that was one of many, many articles like you could post something and on Facebook, and it would just go bananas. I mean, just a ton of, uh, of traffic and retweets and so on, uh, across all social media, but led by Facebook. And uh, not anymore, because now what they want you to do, as you were saying, they want you to pay. For your uh, reach and if you don't pay they throttle it on up and the scariest goddamn thing about it is is most of Facebook now as far as the monitoring of what you're posting is happening through artificial intelligence. How about that for a scary thought some sort of crazy ass uh, emotionless program deciding whether or not your professional life lives or dies. Uh, at least on Facebook, and which now is connected to most of the outside world too. So if you're if Facebook cuts you off, like they did with Kimberly Johnson and so many others, with Facebook cuts you off, you're pretty much screwed because then your reach goes down to nothing. I mean, she finally Kimberly finally just started up a new Facebook page. She was she was cut off by Facebook and deleted by Facebook with uh, five thousand max. On what grounds? The maximum number of Facebook friends 30,000 followers on her. Facebook Facebook profile, they killed it. They killed it, deleted it, and would not even respond to her uh, questions about it. Issued one press release back in October after the fact, saying, "Oh, this is how we're interpreting this rule, this term of service that we have." And and so basically, what they were saying is because she was posting articles across several pages, they labeled her a political spammer. And so that was that was the grounds of eliminating her Facebook presence. And so she just started up a new one. And, of course, 300 Facebook friends at this point. I mean, it's just going to be... Imagine starting from scratch again on social media as a professional writer, as a professional publisher. And I'm really off on a tangent here, but this is going on. I mean, obviously... But
2: it's like smoking. It's like, what are you going to do, quit? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I mean, I managed to quit myself after I had my heart attack last year. But... Um, It's like, I remember, you know, when I was still addicted to it, like in the smoking area at work with people, you'd be like, we'd be complaining every time the price went up Mm -hmm. another quarter. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean,
1: I I didn't even want to get into this. But the fact of the matter is is that uh, I just had a conversation with Ben Cohen from the Daily Banter yesterday uh, where there's going to be a big scale back of the Daily Banter, too, because of Facebook, where I'm going to get cut back to uh, one article per week. And my salary from the Daily Banter is being cut by two thirds. So, I mean, this is what's going on across all of these publications. And you would think, well, with Trump and everything, the
2: economy it's roaring.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, you know, the weird thing is, is that with Trump. Uh, we should have tons of traffic, given the level and degree of the disaster, the Trump crisis that is ongoing. Um, But of course, with Facebook and social media throttling uh, any sort of promotion for these articles, any sort of promotion for these publications, uh, there's no traffic going to any of it. And so if you do see something that you like, if you see a publication that you like or a post by uh, T-Rex or me or Kimberly Johnson or any number of uh, independent publishers. Please
2: like and share.
1: Like and share, yeah. like and share. And while you're at it, go to patreon.com slash join slash show or patreon.com slash join slash start me up or patreon.com slash join slash the T-Rex report. And support your independent podcasters and writers, because, damn it, things are, I mean, I tweeted this earlier, and, and I, I swear to God, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent about Facebook and the decimation of, uh, of political publications, liberal, conservative, doesn't matter, uh, b- but yet here we are, and so uh, it's just, it's bad, bad news, and I'm smelling, I, I tweeted this earlier, I'm smelling
2: a recession, coming on and it's uh, God I'm there's nobody on earth less prepared for a recession right now than to
1: terrifies the shit out <laughs> of me because like, like I'm everything
2: sort of, is like red and flashing already you can only I mean oh my God I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm actually from here
1: I'm actually advising you through your crisis because I was through a similar crisis in the last recession where I just got steamrolled by that whole thing I mean every possible thing that can go wrong during a recession happened to me except for suicide I didn't obviously didn't commit suicide but every other thing that can happen to a guy during a recession absolutely happened to me everything from short sales to repossessions to uh foreclosures to a divorce for god's sake so oh, Bob, yay yay I'm so sorry yay for me right get a big round of applause for my uh previous recession
2: experience and thank you to bro yeah, you rebounded you bounced back
1: yeah, by the way, thank you to Barack Obama, too, for the longest uh, ongoing recovery in history. This is the longest yeah. period of time we've had between recessions, and most of that time was presided over the even-keeled, no-drama Obama administration. Shocker how that works and how now that we got this crazy person, this goddamn unapologetic maniac in the White House, everything's going to shit. Fancy that. It's
2: like openly committing felonies from the Oval Office. Yeah. Just in the, out in the open, committing felony witness intimidation. Right.
1: Ba- back like to the... And back to the recession, too, T-Rex. I mean, here are a series of things going on as a consequence of all of this. State Department canceled a conference on border security because of the ongoing government shutdown over, you know, border security. Conference was supposed to take place next month, but it's been postponed due to uncertainty associated with the continuing partial U.S. federal government shutdown, according to a letter sent to at least 55 U.S. embassies and missions across the globe. Holy fucking shit. Meanwhile, hundreds of IRS employees were told to skip work during the shutdown due to financial hardship. Uh, the shutdown has impeded FBI efforts to crack down on child trafficking, violent crime, and terrorism. I mean, Buzz and I, on Tuesday, were talking about how a uh, bunch of government websites are now vulnerable to hacking because they haven't been able to update There's their security. security the certificates yeah.
2: expired. Yeah, you were talking about that on Stephanie Miller, too.
1: Yep, yep. All horrible, <sighs> horrible news. And And again, you go back to the question. At what point does Congress step up and say, you know what? Enough of this This is sabotage. This is abuse of power. Sabotage, exactly what you want to call it. These are things that the president is responsible for over a stupid, silly political consideration that he never really was serious about in the first place. This is just another poison pill that he's thrown into the debate. It doesn't matter whether the wall is built or whether the wall is just absolute fiction inside his addled, worm-ridden brain. This is the case where the entire federal government is shut down by an agent of the Kremlin, and something needs to happen at some point soon. Where you know c- Congress steps up and goes, "All right, Article of Impeachment." You know, if you're not going to close, you're not going to open up the goddamn. The agent of the Kremlin
2: government. or not, like like yeah. just like like take all that aside. Right. You know, and you get to the just as an individual acting to harm the mm-hmm. country. It's, it's At some point, there has to be some jurisdiction, right? Someone has to pull the reins. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, though, is of course, everything has to be done through Congress, and Congress is half in the hands of the Republicans. That's right. Uh, in terms of the Senate, and Pelosi is doing everything she can as a co equal branch of a multicameral government. Yeah. Um, well, I, it's just.
1: I think she's proving to a lot of people, including Donald Trump, that she's not going to be, uh, you know, collapsing on her fainting couch every time Trump tweets something. You see, yesterday he was like,
2: uh, "Nancy Pelosi, who
1: I call Nancy." I know, uh, like,
0: oh, the Nancy. man that Chris
2: Saliza calls like the Michael Jordan of nicknames, <laughs> or as I call her, Nancy. I'm like, we all call or as her that. Actually, I call or her we... Nancy. Jesus Christ, what, what's going on? Uh. <laughs> Because, you know, know. he's really probably only got about 16 firing neurons in there. I know. You know, it's 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 like a car running on two cylinders. (laughs) And it's just, you know, it lurches along. His mind goes from, like, weird mnemonic device to weird mnemonic. And he just, like... It's, it was like one
1: of those times, it was like that time he said, uh, this is the wettest hurricane we've ever seen from the standpoint of water. I mean, these words come tumbling out of his mouth. He has no idea what any of them mean. And so he just says them, you know, like Don Jr. I've been trolling Don Jr. On Twitter, left or right, but just trying to work in every mention of federal prison I can, uh. You know, in response to whatever he whatever he's tweeting, you know, just try to work in federal prison in there somehow. And like yesterday he was like, you know what? Let's start calling John Kerry uh, Iran John, which is the worst nickname since Nancy. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the worst foul nickname to come up with Iran. Like, like, seagulls John. Iran like Iran, the country. Oh, Iran. Uh, Iran I guess John. It, maybe he's oh. saying Iran John. I guess maybe in that But most respect. people
2: say Iran yes. in this country, right. so, yeah. <laughs> I said, it's like, are you British now, Don Jr.? Right. Wrong.
1: And my response, to, wrong, John. Uh, my response to Don Jr. was, you suck at nicknames, Gerald Bird Jr.
2: <laughs> Nailed him. Nailed him. <sighs> right? Didn't I? Wasn't that, didn't, I guess, I don't know if that qualifies the as a The thing nailing. is, you know, Rachel Maddow <laughs> had this thing the other night where she was playing an excerpt of a Bush speech, a George Bush speech about bird flu, talking about the contingency plan that federal oh, yeah. courts are falling back on now that they're out of money. And she played that stretch of Bush talking and she's like, it was awkward and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like. Oh, God, but it sounds so organized compared to the verbiage that comes out of our... And I never, ever in a million years thought I would say that. And by no means am I like trying to like mitigate the crimes of the Bush administration, but... I, I thought he was a bad talker, but in hindsight, he sounds like a freaking Nobel laureate. Yeah, he really this does. This guy who's really just word salad. Yeah, yeah. People have talked though about how Trump's repetitiveness in his like blocky use of words and concepts is is to his followers. They find it kind of hypnotic and soothing, and it makes them even more convinced.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, by the way, here's just, a by the way, here's a little bit of a bush's speech.
3: There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee that says fool me once, shame on shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> god, you fool me we can't get fooled again
1: oh my god that was our president oh, for, yeah uh, that was
2: a classic moment yeah. that was a yeah I remember weeping with frustration <laughs> at that moment but see if President Trump did that he would be like you know there's a saying I made up fool me once I made a lot of money actually on the deal <laughs> with the impre- you know it just would be like
3: uh, he here's would never a saying,
1: it. Here's a saying I made up That is absolutely What Trump would say fool, I made this saying up I invented Fool me
2: once <laughs> Yes But then he would Mangle it Right On the way out <laughs> Fool He'd me once like, uh, Sam on the liberal media <laughs>
1: Fool me once what? I pity the fool that's a, I also invented I pity the fool. That was mine. I told Mr. T, hey, go around, start saying right. I pity the fool. See, that's the most tremendous phrases. And Mr. T, very big fan, very, very big fan of Trump. Yeah, okay, Mr. President, sure. And that's the horrifying part, calling him Mr. President. But, uh, I mean, once again, here we are with the pre- this crazy person shut down the entire federal government of the United States. Day whatever it is, 34- Holy God. Okay. Has
2: anyone done a wellness check on that model who had the video of Derek Pasca? Cause oh. like when I, last thing I heard her lips and head were swelling up cause he yeah. had possibly been poisoned, which the Russians, they love that shit.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, because there was some speculation that maybe she just yeah, had some more fillers her. or something, but obviously they poisoned her. That's why her face and lips are like she's gonna up.
2: stop on the way out of Russian jail yeah. while she's running for her life to get fillers. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a vain person, and I complete, you know, I sort I mean, I. But yeah, you don't Me freaking too. stop to go to the plastic surgeon and you just like <laughs> or, or book yourself in. That's right. I'm gonna fly by like, oh, I'm just gonna pull up in a limo and run in and get you. to shoot my lips up. No. Yeah. Yeah,
1: if, if you know uh, Vladimir Putin has it out for you and you're likely to be assassinated, the last thing you want to do is go get an injection somewhere. Go get someone
2: putting <laughs> needles in your face. <laughs> the wrong yeah. thing.
1: All right, you know what, uh, T-Rex, let's talk about Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine Candles. Uh, banded masculine candles, all natural soy wax candles And steel containers with masculine scents like leather, blood orange, and hunting lodge. This is basically for your demographic, T Rex. So I hope you're paying attention. Each
2: one is uh, <laughs> my demographic. Yes, your demographic. Sixty foot pteropods. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: exactly right. it's Do you know how hard
2: it is to light those candles with my tiny arms. <laughs>
1: You need one of those really long lighters. Uh, Each each, uh, banded masculine candle is poured by hand and no lavender. He hates that crap. Leather smells like broken in baseball glove or maybe a harness. (laughs) Blood orange uh, sends a deep complex citrus scent into the air. Hunting lodge is a sweet mix of blue spruce and whiskey. Humidor smells like unsmoked pipe tobacco. Earthy with hints of cherry and cognac. Campfire brings the scent of a crackling campsite blaze indoors. Freshly cut grass brings the clean smell of a freshly mown uh, lawn indoors without the allergies. Is mown even a word? I don't know. M-O-W-N? Yeah. I, I just of made course
2: it it's a word. Like new mown hay. <coughs> okay. I'm sure I had to sing some art song in college that had those words in it. <laughs> Mojito
1: is a fresh mix of mint and lime with just a hint of rum. Absinthe. Is a heady mix of star anise and black currant. Some say it smells like rich aftershave. Chris is using his mighty pectorals mm. to create some of the best smelling candles I've ever
2: whiffed. <laughs> so when you, sh- I want to get the grass one.
1: Yeah, my the, oh my god, the grass one is so your favorite, right? Goddamn amazing. Yeah, and you're never going to find these candles in stores. You're only going to get them through our link at BobSeska.com, the banded masculine link just beneath the logo on my site, BobSeska.com, and we get a small commission from every candle you purchase. And while you're clicking and shopping, make sure to use our Amazon link, also beneath. the logo at BobSuska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you can shop as normal. But because you used our link, we receive a small commission on some of your purchases. It's as simple as that. Thank you for supporting our Amazon link. And thank you supporting, for supporting Chris Lavoie's Banded Masculine Candles. Go do it right now. Buy lots of candles. The Bob Seska
0: Show. Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com We have found the dude's credence.
1: It's right here. I'm holding it. All right.
2: Welcome back. You know, I hated classic rock. Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Yeah. Then I had a friends with benefits kind of relationship with this redneck bear guy who God. always had the classic rock station on. And now there are certain songs that I'm like, mmm, Dennis. Yeah, it's
1: funny. <laughs> it's with certain bands. It's not the music that I don't like. It's the fans of the music that I don't like.
2: I'm not saying anything against you. Can your, we talk uh, about the Gillette ad for a second? We we're talking about masculinity and the toxic masculinity. Oh, sure. Candle. Yeah. By I all just, means. Just one thing I want to say, because like, okay. Well, it's just like, you know, people get all upset that, like, well, you're going to, you want to outlaw whiteness. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we want to outlaw, we want to, like, sanction racism. Yeah. You know, and white supremacy. And toxic masculinity is completely different from regular, from masculinity. It is. Like, not all masculinity and real, like, strong masculinity, like my twin brother, who's like the opposite of me. He's like Mr. Hunting and Fishing and Outdoorsman, you know? Um, does your, does your like, twin, are, is,
1: are you guys identical twins or fraternal twins?
2: We are identical.
1: Wait, I've never known this, that you have an identical twin out there somewhere?
2: Yeah. Why was the I? That was in the, he's the drummer in the band that like one, like one actually, you know, remember I said like there's one guy out there who goes, he's going like T-Rex is brothers in five, eight. Oh my God. Like, oh my that God. That guy contacted me by the way. <laughs> so no wait, no, wait a minute. Do you, do you really have a twin brother? Do you honestly I have, I have an a... identical twin? I was born oh five minutes God. before him. Wow born two months premature and spent the first three months of our lives in a plastic box
1: my mind um, is officially blown this is uh, new information to me it was he's like you know what just
2: every bit as like a uh, big uh, personality <laughs>
1: it was like six months before Ches died he informs me that he has an adult daughter. And I was like, w- what, wait, "Wait a minute here! I've known you for like ten years, and I've never heard about this adult daughter. What are you talking about?" So there's a, always new revelations on this show. So thank you for. Well, okay, let
2: me let me finish my thought though about okay, not all masculinity. Right, go, please costume. go for the yeah. most masculine men I have known, uh, gay or straight, are completely. They have an equanimity about them. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. It may I guess be one so. of those words that I've read too many times and not said <laughs> enough, I have no or heard idea. other people say. But like to be <laughs> able to be confident. And not to be assertive without being aggressive. Yeah. To be kind, to be, like, gentle without it, like, affecting, like, how you feel your, about yourself as a man. Like, in mm-hmm. people, like, where I was talking to somebody, I think it might have been Jody about the man bun. And she was, like, hoping to get that rise out of me. Like, some people would just be like, oh, I hate that. But I'm just like, no. Like, if a guy wants to feel pretty and put his hair up, that is fine with me. Sure. Like, the first guy I ever knew Whoever did that was this guy like way back in the early 90s who was like a martial arts expert that came to the coffee shop I worked in. Mm -hmm. And that guy was no sissy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You know, he put his hair up sometimes because he's going to be kicking and swinging and, you know, like – Totally okay with that. You know? Yeah, to, to me, suppose.
1: the only thing that bothers me is it just looks odd. I mean, not, not from a well, he masculine... looks like a freaking
2: samurai, just except he had red hair.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's not. It's not from a masculine or feminine point of view. It's more like this is a strange haircut. I just don't like the look of like a knob sitting on the top of your head. It's like there's a tumor. It Does up there. not bother me. Yeah. Okay, all right, that's fine. Um, and, and it's you know that's I mean from a. A societal point of view there's absolutely nothing wrong with man puns so that that's all cleared up but i mean here's my thing about that gillette commercial if you're offended by the gillette commercial you probably you're part of the problem you yes, probably you should a
2: wonderful essay about that <laughs>
1: exactly you should probably pay more attention to the gillette commercial that's the point
2: uh, i think you need to get that essay out from behind the paywall because i wanted to share it with my readers and stuff and i can read it but yeah not everybody can well, uh, sometimes banter.
1: sometimes things might leak. <laughs> sometimes people read a piece in the banter members area, sometimes that piece gets copied and pasted into some other format that other people can read. Shocking when that happens. Mm. Shocking. But uh,
2: maybe you wouldn't put that in the comments on your page. No, they wouldn't do that. <laughs> but anyway, I thought it was a really good essay. And oh, yeah, thank you. it's like a, you know, you throw a pack into a you throw a rock into a pack of dogs and the one that yelps is the one you hit. Yep, exactly and right. And it's like if you're if you have a problem with the Gillette commercial, then it's calling you out.
1: I guess but be offended by and That's the th- thing
2: about those kids from the Catholic school. You know, anybody who's ever been bullied, whether for racist reasons, sexist reasons, anti-LGBTQ reasons you you know the look in that kid's eye. Yeah. And that kid is basically saying you don't exist yep. to me. Like in the social hierarchy I'm so high over you that I can just stand here in your physical space and smirk at you. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, by and large, a lot of kids are assholes. There's no doubt about that. Teenage boys tend to act like assholes. That's just what they do. God, you know, over
2: on Fox News, they're saying that like they're, they, the the talking point is that the whole story has been "quote unquote" completely debunked. Yeah, which no, is like by releasing no, longer... no. No, that's what they believe. Though. Oh, I they know. Really but... think that by releasing longer footage and showing us more of the kids being assholes, <laughs> yeah. that like that somehow is a like it's. Um, exculpatory yeah uh that's the dumbest goddamn a thing to pull that word up
1: <laughs> well no that's i mean that's a perfect word to use because that's what they're doing and i'm i'm loving the uh the sanctimony from trumpers and all of the bullshit uh, rending of garments that is going on with uh you know Don not whether it's Don D- Jr. Or these kids
2: lives and it's like well maybe you know we should separate them from their parents
1: yeah or or how about <laughs> t- how about taking a look at yourself trumpers i mean for the last 10 years all they've done in the conservative entertainment complex is to target child after child after child I I mean, remember this kid Mar- named Marcellus Owens turned up at the... Uh, oh, the sun- one that
2: was standing next to Barack Obama yes! when he signed the Affordable Care Act? And yeah. all he had to do was stand there. He stood there. And, there and he- freaking took a beat on him.
1: Yep, yep. Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, Michelle Malkin. <sighs> they were doxing this kid, harassing this kid. I mean, there was Graham Frost who showed up just saying, hey, look, don't take away my health care, Congress, because at that time there was they were looking at S-Chip being uh, uh, just sunset. And sun-setted. they went and
0: looked
2: in his family's window. Windows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Malkin went they and looked in his family's
2: them. windows and saw their concrete mm-hmm. countertops that the dad had built, I think, out of like cinder blocks or something. And said, yeah. they've got granite counters. Granite counters. What are they doing begging for health care?
1: <laughs> Such assholes. How
2: dare they? I mean, I mean it's just the, the level of intrusion.
1: There's so many, so many examples of this where they're just going after kids who just don't deserve it. These kids, these Covington uh, uh, high school kids, uh, regardless of what precipitated the confrontation, the fact is they were still dancing around doing racist mockery uh, of uh, the bottom line. Rain dances. Whatever
2: provoked them, they responded with racist mockery. Exactly, the tomahawk chop. And they're talking about like these that you know reactionary group, the black Israelites were in the area, and it's like I don't consider like, oh, there were black people nearby, they couldn't control themselves to be a <laughs> mitigating circumstance either. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, and God, it just and then they hired a P big PR firm. But the thing is, like, uh, I think someone told me, and this may need verification, that President Trump's like White House counsel, is a graduate of that prep school.
1: Oh, yeah. No, um, well, I, Oh, I thought you were talking about the PR firm. Well, the PR firm is run in part by Scott Jennings, this guy who used to work in the uh, Bush administration and who's also right. a CNN, like a conservative CNN analyst. And by the way, seeing uh, the one kid on uh, with Savannah Guthrie, uh, that kid was obviously reciting PR lines that he had memorized.
2: Um, I didn't watch it. I couldn't. I, the bile was too intense. It yeah. was just... Thinking about all of the black kids that have been harassed by the cops or murdered. I'm thinking about Trayvon Martin. Oh, yeah, Trayvon
1: Martin. I mean, after the kid was dead, was doxxed and endlessly harassed, his family was harassed by these people, these goddamn ghouls in the conservative entertainment complex. That's what they do. And so, this goddamn piety that they're feigning right now when it comes to the Covington kids, Jesus Christ, spare us, will you? Spare us your goddamn sanctimony. Oh, damn lash. Was out there calling
2: people monsters last night because they (laughs) had to close the school for a day because Mm -hmm. of death threats and and like, now they're oh, going. God, you know, I'm like, what's well, one less day that priests have a chance to fondle those kids? Yeah, to, and you know, <laughs> did, did you hear? trump tr- Dana Lash, I mean, she needs to stay under her rock right now. <laughs> I, I was on Twitter, like, honey, do they pay you in ruples? <laughs> or yeah, it's like, I think you need to be like watching your botina, honey. But to see, of like, course,
1: Trump has invited the Covington kids to the White House for hamburgers. Did you notice that? God, really, at least he's
2: do, is he going to do another like silver platter Big Mac thing? He's going to well,
1: he's going to do a whole thing where you were treated so unfairly, so unfair, such lies from the fake news and the failing New York Times. And I think the Maybe one that'll kid. will be the
2: day that Legionnaires' disease gets loose in the White House. And
1: they're they're suing Maggie Haberman. The kids. For what? for yeah, they're suing Maggie Haberman for saying that they did something that they they claim they didn't do. Of course, the lawsuit's going to get thrown out because of you know the First Amendment. But you know this is what they're doing. They're they've gone full Trump. Those MAGA hats that they were wearing, they weren't kidding around with that shit. They are absolutely 100% part of that uh, red hat cult that Donald Trump is cultivating. Uh, Alyssa
2: Milano nailed it, and people yeah. are yelling at her for calling it the new white hood, but she's totally right. Oh,
1: it absolutely is.
2: Yeah. If it's- you can put that hat on after Hurricane Maria, after pussy grabbing, after. Shuttle countries after Charlottesville after, I mean I don't have to do the whole list do I? <laughs> if you could <laughs> no. put the hat on yeah. and it hasn't you know if the racism if the ambient racism hasn't driven you away you are racist I Man. mean
1: L- Lindsey Graham is calling it like the most oh no I think he was talking about Nancy Pelosi canceling the State of the Union he says the most embarrassing political move that he's ever witnessed right and and as opposed he to. He needs to shut the fuck up yeah, I'm I know. sorry. I, mean, this I is, am
2: totally ready to clock him in the face at this point Lindsey Graham you sleazy closeted motherfucker <laughs> I just like, oh, yeah you're gonna make me pull out my Lindsay impression aren't you
1: I think so I think that's absolutely necessary David and
2: Jared I told you not to make paid salad this year I'm making paid salad <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go tell Florence she's gotta redo the table setting
3: <laughs> strength
2: oh my god God yeah uh, is
1: this guy compromised Oh hell yes he's compromised I don't give a shit Jesus <laughs>
3: Christ
2: but I mean you know this Lindsey Graham comrade. You just, I'll do whatever you say, as long
0: as you don't out.
1: <laughs> He is surrounded by a White House that, you know, was responsible for Helsinki, responsible for many fine people among the ranks of Nazis and white supremacists, and the canceling of the State of the Union because of the shutdown is the most obnoxious thing he's ever witnessed. Are you fucking kidding me?
3: I don't give a shit. <sighs> I,
2: you know, I saw, like, I really, like, I liked Brian Stelter from CNN because I -hmm. felt like he was at one point being a really good media watcher. But, like, he was retweeting somebody's thing about how, like, this was a big tit-for-tat and Nancy Pelosi was being tacky. And I just Mm -hmm. wanted to be like, who's going to pay the Secret Service? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. You you want those people to show up, like, on duty – God, you know, and it just makes me so sad for those people because they're doing everything they're supposed to do. Yeah, They're going to work, they're do, they're obeying the rules, and they're having to, like, make these terrible decisions like, I mean, like I said, I'm a musician, I'm used to starving, I'm used to being, like, you know, going to a temp job and having to go without breakfast so I can put gas in the car and work all day on an empty stomach. You know, that's just, like, life when you're poor. Exactly. But for people who, like, have really done the time at their agencies and put in years of service to have to be going to Food bags—it just—it's disgusting. Yeah. Well, it's, what's what? I really do believe it is an act of sabotage of the U.S. government. Yeah. It is an intentional, cri- manufactured crisis that they probably, if anyone will let them, will use this as an excuse to privatize certain things and do away with certain other government programs altogether.
1: Exactly. And, and yeah, a...
2: it's an impeachable offense. But he's yep. been guilty of so many impeachable offenses so far. That he's mm. committing just right out in the open. Yeah. That I just—it's like somebody call the grown-ups, please. Exactly.
1: You know, again. And I've been saying for a long time now, is this deliberate? Rachel Maddow said it last night. Is this deliberate? An agent of the Kremlin shut down the American government. Jesus fucking Christ. This is a serious, serious debacle we've gotten ourselves into. And there is no end in sight. What is the, the economy? I love losing- that he, like, tried
2: to storm his way back in. You yeah. know, she was like, we're not going to have this because we can't pay the Secret Service to keep everybody safe. Yeah, but so not- we'll have it. We, we will reschedule it after the government opens, and he was like, "I'm coming in. We're going to do it anyway. anyway." Yeah, and yeah. she was like, "I refer you back to my letter on the sixteenth, in <laughs> which I, I think there's someone southern working on her staff because it was she was so sweet about it. She's we like, 'We'll be happy to reschedule this as soon as the government's open.' Bless your heart.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he, she
2: would pat his head. I think if she could bring herself to touch that. Remember, Whatever it is.
1: there was an episode of the West Wing where it was called Shutdown. It was the name of the episode was Shutdown, where uh, the, the, there was a government shutdown over a 3% cut on this or that. I mean, it was just like a detail in a uh, otherwise normal omnibus spending bill. And, uh, the, of course, the Speaker of the House and President Bartlett came to uh, uh, disagree on this. And, of course, uh, the Speaker of the House was reneging on uh, one agreement after another. And so finally, the shutdown happens. And at one point, Bartlett decides to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue all the way to the Capitol building and sat outside the Speaker of the House's office uh, with press and cameras all around making a big show of it to try to coerce through public opinion. Uh, the Speaker of the House into relenting on the shutdown and so my concern when all of that back and forth is going on with Trump and Pelosi is that on the evening of the 29th when the State of the Union address was supposed to take place Donald Trump would actually walk down and of course he's never going to walk this far but you know what I mean at least walk yeah, part no, of he the would way. get
2: someone to drive in
1: yeah but he would go and and appear at outside the House chamber and just wait you know,
2: as a a PR What is she going to do? She'll just lock the door and turn out the lights and be like, go away. (laughs) That would
1: be so funny. That would be so funny. Maybe that's why he ultimately didn't do it because, I mean, really, when when it comes right down to it, when... uh, It's her house. Yeah. I mean, when faced eye to eye, with uh, a challenging opponent, Donald Trump often will just chicken out. I mean, he is. And a- she's
2: not Lincoln. She's like Cardi yeah. B at this point. Yeah. She's like, I will dog walk you. Right. I mean, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I will curb stomp you. With all due respect, sir.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, you know, he. Have you noticed that he hasn't come up with a wackier nickname? He's just come up with Nancy. But uh, I think a wackier nickname would indicate he's taking a more aggress- aggressive approach. But by referring to her just as her first name. I think he's showing some restraint only because she holds the fate of his presidency in she her can hands. Start
2: the, she could initiate the articles of impeachment at any time, so she's basically Absolutely. standing there eye to eye with him, with a, you know yeah. a knife in her teeth, and I stick a dynamite in each hand. Yeah.
1: and this basically this is is very informative as far as where Trump's head is, because if that's the case, we know then that Donald Trump is afraid. Of an impeachment scenario because we've been hearing all kinds of things. But the only thing he
2: loves about the presidency is attention. Yeah, that's true. Right, is making speeches, and he can't. He's not doing rallies right now. Yeah.
1: Well, my concern Um, was that he was going to look at the uh, the possibility of impeachment and go, "Hey, you know what? That's going to be great television—a big impeachment fight—and you know, it's going to rally all of the Republicans, the red hats, are all going to rally around me, and it's going to be huge, to be so huge and tremendous. And so, uh, but you know, now I'm starting to rethink that—that maybe he's just. He's just the coward that we think he is. He's going to keep the government open because he doesn't want to piss off Vladimir. But at the same time, or Pooty poot, Remember Wait, B- or Bush, used to, Bush used to call him Pooty poot. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think Trump should bring that back pootie poot. Um, but I mean, this is the case where he's he's brave enough to keep the, sh- the government shut down, but he's not brave enough to risk impeachment. So I think that could be a weapon that Nancy Pelosi is either using currently or will use at some point very, very soon. So, okay, you know what? we are br- we got some good news. There's some good news in all of this mayhem. We're going to take one last break, and we're going to dig into the good news right after these words.
3: Well, it looks like that wicked winter air is setting in. And you know how washing up in winter can leave your hands drier and Rick Perry's hooses on a Saturday night. Well, friend, fret no more. Whip your dry skin into shape with whoop-ass hand balm from Bubble Genius. Them good folks over at Bubble Genius have looted up their whoop-ass with a whole mess of nature's goodies like genuine shea butter and sweet almond oil, citrus extracts, and sage, which are wonderful for healing and fixing your skin right up. This here ain't no sissy hand balm. This here's some serious stuff. So, if long days out on the range are leaving your skin tighter and socks on a rooster, <laughs> then it sure is time to open a cane of whoop-ass. By the by, this stuff's great on rough elbows. And knees too. Hear that, Mitch McConnell? Check out the entire line of whoop-ass products, including body whip and soap, at BubbleGenius.com. Bubble Genius. Y'all suds up now, you hear? Bob Seska! I don't give a shit.
0: This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: Yeah, some more classic rock for T-Rex. I know how you love
3: it so much. I don't
1: give a shit. All right. We've got some actual good news here to talk about. It's not all disaster. It's not all tragedy. All right. We wouldn't leave you hanging with just a bunch of bad news here, especially on T-Rex day. Um, okay. So first of all, uh, building a wall because mushroom is small. That's my contribution to the uh, the poetry that we're all engaged in on Twitter. right now. <laughs> Building a wall because mushroom is small. Thank you very much. Um, plus Biff is uh, now clocking in at the lowest approval numbers yet as I said at the top of the show the AP has Trump at 34 percent approval It's down eight points in a month because of course all of the winning um, Meanwhile don't get happy because all the frontrunner Democratic candidates will all defeat according to PPP will all defeat Trump by you know at least six or seven points and that's just for starters. Oh. That's yeah, nice to hear. yeah, this is nice. Uh, let's see here. What's the uh, exact rundown of this? Uh, Biden over Trump, 53 to 41. Sanders over Trump, 51 to 41. Uh, Kamala Harris, 48 uh, to Trump's 41. Uh, O'Rourke, 47, Trump 41. Warren, 48, Trump 42. Booker, 47, Trump 42. Gillibrand, 47, Trump 42. So those are some pretty strong margins there, especially since yeah. most of the Democrats aren't as well known as Trump. Uh, Plus 54% blame Trump and the GOP for the shutdown while only 35% blame the Democrats. 70% of Americans don't think the border wall is worth a government shutdown and think the shutdown is having a negative impact on the country. 65% of Republicans think Trump should refuse to sign a budget unless it includes funding for the wall, of course. Uh, Republicans always making things worse for Trump, <laughs> just like everyone, including Trump, always makes things worse for Trump. While 69% of Democrats think uh, party leaders should continue to refuse Trump's demands to uh, to, to fund the wall, and I, I know I said I said 69%, isn't that funny? <laughs>
3: It's true, though. Uh, it's, I don't give a shit.
1: Meanwhile, 56% of voters support uh, the single-payer health insurance plan. This is interesting. Medicare for all, 42% oppose it. But that, of course, is the way things always are with health care. As soon as you start talking about it, people run away from it like uh, crazy people.
2: You know, enough people now have watched enough other people have to go bankrupt or yeah. have gone bankrupt themselves or just have been, you know, people with health insurance when things happen to them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I lost my job and then lost my health coverage and it's just like that seems so completely counterintuitive now that to get like routine maintenance, to go back to my cardiologist and just get checked to make sure I'm not making another clot.
1: Yeah. I have Jesus to spend Christ. Bend out of
2: pocket. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're coming um, up on the one year anniversary of that, right? And one year anniversary is this yes. weekend of your heart attack.
2: It's been a rough year. Yeah. It's been, I mean, just like, cause you know, I had the, like this ongoing drug resistant infection thing that was happening. And then I hurt my back and just mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah. 2018 just like bit it. Right. So, like, I know everyone else is expecting 2019 to just completely suck. Because uh, <laughs> it's like, well, I never want to say it couldn't be worse than last year. Because, I mean, it could always be worse. And oh, yeah. I'm here to tell you that it, you know, like, so I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know where things are going um, with this shutdown, but it could be much worse than last year. I mean, there's that. Absolute I think, potential. you
2: know, like I said, I hate to agree with Bill Crystal about anything, but I really do think that the shiny bauble. That the Trump that Trump is going to grab at is the State of the Union speech, and if they tell him that he can have it like he would normally yep. have it on Tuesday night if he would just reopen the government, I think that he'll just cave oh, and try yeah. to find some way to spin it as a victory.
1: You know, I, I wanted to mention. I just uh, I just remembered that on the uh, uh, healthcare topic. Uh, in fact, I think seven million people have lost their healthcare so far in the first two years of Trump's presidency. Where actually the number of uninsured is going back up again. Uh, well, the for, premiums
2: are so high. Yeah. I can't afford any of the Affordable Care Act policies. Oh, you it's guys terrible. don't have a.
1: Uh, you guys don't have the exchange down there, do you? In Georgia.
2: We have the exchange. We don't have Medicare for all, but uh, the premiums on the exchange even were like five hundred dollars mm. a month. The cheapest one I could find was four hundred and eighty-six.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, that's about what I'm paying a month. I'm yeah, I, I'm See, I definitely a job. not. Right. I yeah. can't pay that. <laughs> yeah, I know it's worse. I mean, do you, you don't have Cobra or anything like that, or
2: Cobra was eight hundred dollars a month.
1: Oh my God! Really? Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, I guess it was affordable uh, 10 years ago because Barack Obama, uh, as a uh, consequence of the recession, Barack Obama Kobo cut... has always been
2: expensive, yeah. which is so stupid right. to tether healthcare to whether or not you have a job. Right, I it's know. It's like if you don't have a job, you don't... get. And so many people have jobs that don't have healthcare mm. now because everyone I know is working either extended part-time to where they're working 36, 38 hours a week, just shy of the threshold for benefits, or they're contract workers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have friends that are like working inside of a Home Depot that don't actually work for Home Depot. <laughs> the <laughs> contractor is working for Glidden or oh whatever paint company, and they don't. And they're you know, and they, like I said, thirty-eight hours, thirty-six hours. Mm. Uh, they never get any benefits. They never get any time off. They You know, it's just
1: that's the that's the new climate now. You just but everyone's
2: like you know the economy is roaring. Yeah, my old band, the band before Compromat that I was in. Actually, no, there was a band before the band, I was in <laughs> but. I I went through you know, you it's like relationships. You you spend some months together and you're like, Okay, this isn't working and mm-hmm. I went to the next thing and that was good, but I wasn't doing any writing and then I went to my band. But yeah. There was a band that I was in with everybody was in that kind of situation. One guy drives a UPS truck, wears a UPS uniform, does not work for UPS. It works for a, a staffing agency. Interesting. It doesn't give him any benefits. Yeah. You know, I mean everybody in the band had that kind of job.
1: Oh, God. You know, I, I really hope Donald Trump eventually has to take a job like that. I mean, that would be great. After he's released He kind of did prison. when
2: he licensed his name out and was like, <laughs> the only thing I have to do with this building is the name. And I'll yeah. show up as a tr- show pony for the ribbon cutting and everything. Mm-hmm. Um That was when he was just a reality TV star, though, before he was, you know, the kiss of death for anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I I did. I promised good news in this segment, so I got to get to some more good news here. Before, No, that's okay. I mean, just before we wrap up, uh, Michael Cohen has been subpoenaed by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Says who? It's great news. Um, We should bear in mind that it's still the the Republican-controlled Senate Intelligence Committee. So I don't know how effective that questioning is going to be. I mean, Kamala w- Harris is on that committee isn't she? Well that's true but I mean what we've seen from the Republicans on these various committees are not trying to get to the bottom of what the administration is doing. They typically what they try to do is blow all kinds of holes in the, the story of whoever they're interviewing
2: in those committees in right. those hearings. It's just so confusion. They do the, Giul- do the Giuliani. Yeah exactly right. Which what uh, did you see the thing where like Trump people are trying to keep Giuliani off TV in the evening, because yes. they're pretty sure he's going on drunk. This is
1: God damn it. This is my my well one of my favorite stories. It just cracks me up to no end. I mean, to the point where it's so hilarious, I start laughing to the point where my stomach hurts. When the he was New talking Yorker about
2: interview, where he's like, "I've seen the tapes. I've yeah. watched the train," you know. And they're like, "What what what tapes?" And he's like, "I shouldn't I have said, said tapes." tapes. <laughs>
1: It's so awesome And then the other thing about how um, I'm I'm concerned that my grave is going to say Rudy Giuliani he lied for Trump And oh it shouldn't it's not Why would it say that it wouldn't say that But if it did what what does it matter if it says that It's just like oh my god I've never seen an old man Shoveling so vigorously
2: I mean, (laughs) Except for the president I know. (laughs) It's just like I mean It's like can we at least get like Taken over by competent fascists And not these doddering idiots Yeah which well, is really just proof that, like, of the the power of the forces that are propping them up, uh-huh. and that people this incompetent and ridiculous can continue to get like trotted out like they are actually functioning like they're supposed to. I mean, Giuliani is actively undercutting the administration's case. Yep. when he opens his mouth, <laughs> and Trump
1: is apoplectic about it. Apparently, it's so funny. And by the way, did you know Rudy Giuliani is working pro bono for Trump? Uh, whether he's doing that by choice or not, because obviously Donald Trump doesn't pay his people, but uh, so it could be that he's right. just not getting paid. But uh, he may be doing this voluntarily, which is just no, so he's, fucking weird.
2: Again, it's a camera ton. Oh, they yeah, love true. camera ton. Yeah. Same with Newt Gingrich. Right.
1: And but so why but should they, Trump, I mean you get what you're paid for. By the way, I mean Trump ought to expect that Rudy Giuliani, you know, working for free is going to be a a goddamn train wreck on television, whether he's with a friendly interviewer or an opposition interviewer. It doesn't matter. He's absolutely screwing Donald Trump with his pants on. It's so goddamn funny. Um, Oh, speaking of... It's also
2: kind of terrifying at the same time. Like, these are the people in charge? Oh, yeah. These yeah. are people that people in charge trust to deliver their message. <laughs> We're so fucked right now. I know. This is... And oh,
1: look at this. Deutsche Bank is cooperating with Mueller over Kushner's suspicious transactions with Deutsche Bank. This is fucking great. I mean, just real Can realized- we start
2: a death pool? I think Jared Kushner's going to over- OD on pills <laughs> Oh, this Jesus is try- <laughs> Really? You know, there's people like Paris Hilton that kind of coast through and they somehow, like, <laughs> stay afloat. Yeah. And they never... You know, but the people around them end up overdicing and dying and their family fortunes go up <laughs> in flames. You know, I feel like Kushner is the poser here. Yeah. Like the Trumps are like rats on a sinking ship. They, like, know how to get out. You know, when like, when the water gets above your knees, follow the rats, right? Yeah. Kushner is, like... I think he's going to be a casualty. I think that he's been dragged, and he's just too soft. Yeah. He doesn't have that same survivor instinct that they, the Trumps do. They doesn't have that same like virus-like need to like cling and hang on. And I think that like he's going to pull a Ken... Is it Ken Lay? Who's the Enron guy that... Ken quote, Lay, yeah. ...got totally a quote-unquote totally heart Ken attack Ken yeah. after he got convicted to prison. Was it Ken Lay? Yep, Ken Lay. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. <laughs> he's
1: going to do a Ken Lay. He's got, they're
2: going to find him just ha- after hanging himself in his cell. I mean, oh, he totally. He, no, he's a pills man. I think he's definitely be <laughs> an overdose of pills. Who was the guy on Reagan's staff that tried to take an overdose of pills and he took Valium, which you can't overdose on? I mean, it'll make you real, real, real sick, oh, but it will shit. not. Oh, shit. Was
1: it Deaver? Was it Deaver who did that? I forget. I forget I who remember. took pills in the Reagan administration. That's, you're, you're really ta- I don't know what I did yesterday, much less what happened in the Reagan administration 30 years ago. <laughs>
2: right. That's Jeez, the thing God. is, I can remember certain figures in the Reagan administration. And that was, I really enjoyed on Rachel Maddow last night when she kept kind of snorting every time she mentioned oliver north being the president of the nra right now I know. she's like oliver north who's no stranger to these kind of summonses from courts oh yeah and by <laughs> the
1: way the nra is totally fucked i mean by the way the, uh, meanwhile just one last thing about Kushner: the house oversight committee is launching an investigation into uh, jared kushner's security clearance this should be great too i can't wait for those hearings uh but as far as the nra nra is totally goddamn screwed they're They apparently apparently illegally coordinated with Republican campaigns about ad placement, which is a big no-no. I mean, you know, politicians are supposed to coordinate with uh, organizations like the NRA. It's it's absolutely illegal. So on top of all the Russia jeopardy, uh, obviously now linked to uh, the ongoing saga of Maria Butina, we have this other thing.
2: (laughs) This is pure karma. I mean, come on. This is like, I mean, they've been making their money off the blood of children. Right. And making our country markedly less safe and distributing enough firepower to turn us into Iraq in a mm. moment's notice. Yeah. So, this is karma blowing back on them. It, they, everything that they think about is going to crumble, to quote the color purple, because they've been so evil for so long. That I think that, and they're, like I said, they're, they're not like the, the Trump people and the Russia people who are like professional evil. <laughs> they're just like opportunist evil and I think they're about to be crushed.
1: Oh my god, that's um, you know what? Talk about good news. That is great fucking news. I mean the NRA getting snowed over by its own incompetence and malfeasance. I just fucking love that story. And I you know, I'm just again, looking
2: forward to just to public you know, publication of documents and yeah. emails and stuff that talk about the intricacies. Of the relationship between them and the Russian <laughs> you know a friend of mine who's you know very much to the, like the left flank of the mm. party is like he doesn't want to. He's like the, he feels like the Russia thing is overblown. Oh, um, and then it fuck ends up that. with a lot of like Bernie punching and like leftward punching. Oh god damn! God daddy. damn it! <laughs> I know, but like um, these are the uh, you know. I want to ask, well, then why was Paul Manafort working for free? Yeah, That's a man who's been spent the last. Decade and a half working on behalf of Russian interests it's in also Ukraine. also yeah. And in Russia itself, like just suddenly showing up and offering <laughs> to be the manager of the Trump campaign for free.
1: Right. Oh, you know what else I love too? Speaking of guys who work for free, we're just talking about uh, Rudy Giuliani. It's
2: despicable.
1: Yeah, it is despicable. Um, it's despicable. Uh, Giuliani just the other day claimed there were no plans ever made for the Trump Tower Moscow project, despite. <laughs> right. Uh, and, There's so, like so, blueprints, and then BuzzFeed is like. Yeah, Buzzfeed. Sorry for this cliche, but Buzzfeed goes. Oh, hold my beer. We've got these documents. Yeah. <laughs> this is so fucking okay. Be- so well, you're. Oh, up, oh, I don't know why I'm- I just I, I accidentally hit something. Hit a button. Is there.
2: that the money man? Uh,
1: yeah. That was no. That was the uh, the Big Lebowski open that I just did. I don't know why. I... I accidentally tap that with my giant fingers, but yeah, I mean, Rudy Giuliani is fucking around, saying, "Oh, of course, no plans. There were no plans, no plans for Trump Tower. I don't know what you're talking about." And then BuzzFeed goes, "Well, here are the plans, and they've got, you know, they've got diagrams of all the buildings. I mean, it's gonna be the the tallest <laughs> fucking building. And, yeah, know. I mean, it's gonna be the tallest building I think on that continent. I mean, if you, and also including Europe, I think it would have been the tallest building
2: in Europe. See, and if Asia. that's the thing that lets me know it was a scam, especially designed yeah. to." hook trump <laughs> like they never had any intention yeah of building any of that but they were like they're gonna dangle this thing and they're telling him it's gonna be the tallest building in all of europe and yeah it's just he his little mushroom dick just couldn't take it like, <laughs> i mean yeah. Yeah, the tallest building i mean you know it's just like ugh. yeah it's so much like they so just like sewed him up like a you know, I know, Christmas turkey is just I
1: like- know it's wonderful. It's just, you know, these are the things that keep me going. I don't know about you, but seeing these stories coming down, I was just like, all right, that's it. That's what it's all about. That's the stuff right there. I mean, uh, by September 2015, an architect had completed plans for a hundred story uh, tower. And when Trump signed and finalized the letter of intent on October 28, 2015, the tower would have uh, approximately 250 first class luxury residential condominiums, approximately 15 floors and contain not fewer than 150 hotel rooms. Trump team also considered an option to open the spa by Ivanka Trump, as well as giving $50 million, a $50 million penthouse to Putin at the very top of this tower. Trump's lawyer characterized this by saying the proposal was in the earliest stage and later adding there were no drafts, nothing in the file. And of course, there are loads of files, emails, texts, plans, diagrams, architectural schematics, for God's sake. (laughs) This was a real thing. And I think this is at the heart of the quid pro quo of everything that's going on with Trump. Uh, In addition to the possibility of P tapes or whatever else you want to call it. But, I mean, I think the possibility of further loans and uh, business opportunities in Moscow, that's the kind of shit that Trump has been pursuing for years. And now it's biting him in his fat fucking diapered ass. (laughs) Thank God, huh? All right. Lots more to talk about. We got the Postmortem Show coming up next on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Please support your independent podcasters and your independent publishers now more than ever when yeah. Facebook is totally dicking us.
2: Come subscribe to, to my podcast. Yeah. Patreon.com slash T H E T R E X R E P O R T. The T Rex Report. The T Rex Report. Please come listen to my most recent episode with author Brittany Danielle. We talked about the R. Kelly documentary and about sex abuse survivors and about parenting and. It was really... I think it's one of the best shows I've done. I was really pleased with
1: it. Yeah, and you know what? I haven't listened to it yet. I can't wait to listen. But uh, yeah. it's, de- it's definitely worth week. definitely worth checking out, subscribing to T-Rex's podcast. Also, uh, patreon.com slash Start Me Up. That's uh, Kimberly A. Johnson's podcast with Steph Walton. Uh, and, of course, you can support Kimberly Johnson's writing at patreon.com slash Kimberly A. Johnson. There's an extra E in Kimberly, by the way. E-Y. The extra E is for excellent. All right, that's the show, Postmortem Show, coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye.
3: I don't give a shit.